Has your fuse box gone haywire? Is your water pressure too weak? Or maybe your boiler needs an upgrade? They don't last forever, you know. Well, the good news is that there's a local hero in Dublin for that. So if you're locked out on a Thursday and need a locksmith, take the hassle out of it with localheroes.ie. Our online service connects you with trusted tradespeople in your area and all work comes with a 12-month guarantee backed by Borgosh Energy. Try it out while listening to your podcast. You could get a quote in minutes at localheroes.ie. TNCs apply. Visit localheroes.ie for full details. Now, if it wasn't for COVID restrictions, we'd be looking forward to the Pride Parade later today. And this weekend sees a culmination of Pride Month with the launch of Coming Out with Dublin Bus Campaign. This campaign will see Dubliners coming out on advertisements on the side of buses and bus stops across the city, with the gay community news website telling their stories. One of those sharing their life stories joins me now on the line, 66-year-old Tom Kavanagh. Good morning, Tom. Uh, Good morning, Brianna. How are you? I'm good. Tom, you had a really interesting story that goes back 40 years. You were married to a woman for over 30 years, and you also went through conversion therapy. And can I take you back to when you were in your 20s and a single man? How would you describe your your sexuality back then? Well, uh, initially, I wasn't aware of my sexuality. You know, it it wasn't until I developed uh, an almighty crush on uh, somebody that I knew socially that I sort of suddenly copped that I had feelings towards men. And back then, what was, it, what was Ireland like as a place for well, a man who had a crush on his friend? Would you ever consider even telling him? Oh, no, no. He, like, he, was, he was very, very straight anyway. But at that stage, like up until 93, uh, being gay was a criminal offence. You know, so like I can say, I have a criminal past. <laughs> so, uh, like, and it, like I would go out drinking with my colleagues, my other friends, but then sneak off to gay bars and the, the gay disco in the Hirschfield Centre. So it was very much so a dual life. And I think that was probably the way for most gay people uh, in my generation. How did you live that dual life, you know, having this, this very private world and that being so different from your, from your public world? What was it like sneaking off and, and not being able to, to live openly? Well, it, it, it's, it's like having, let's say, two parts of you and you just have one part of you that just you keep secret. And you what, know, like it, yep, go on. And what was that doing to your, to your mental health? Uh, well, it, it wasn't really great. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to get rid of my feelings for people of the same sex. You know, that's why I went to a GP and then was referred on to a psychologist. Um, you know, what was that treatment like, and and what did you say to them when you when you went? Well, like, I mean, basically, I I told them that. Uh, how I felt and that I, what I really wanted to do was to have a normal life where I would meet a woman and settle down and have a, a marriage. You know, because socially that really was the only option for people in Ireland at the time. Like at that stage, the church really was uh, in charge of the country. 
And what therapy did you receive? So here was you thinking something's wrong with me. It needs to be, it's a medical problem. It needs to be solved. What happened to you after that? Well, basically it was, it was a very like, uh, it was basically amuse myself the way teenagers do when would think of women instead of men. That was, and then he gave me some exercise to go and meet women and things like that. And once I met a woman, that that seemed to be, as far as he was concerned, and I was concerned, that seemed to be the solution to the problem. That was the end but, of it, once you got married. Yeah. But uh, it, after that, basically, I just meant that I ended up part of me being locked away and I got more and more depressed as time went on. Like I went through what some people call the Mary Poppins uh, version of uh, conversion therapy and that led to long-term depression. Like there are other people now that went through a that would be more Dr. Mengele type mm. of uh, of conversion therapies and I'm sure they must be have far worse uh, side effects. So even though you went through conversion therapy, which is, I imagine, incredibly difficult, you're feeling kind of grateful that it wasn't worse than it was. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it was a, like, some of the conversion therapies that I have since heard of are quite shocking. Okay, and... Tell me about your, your married life. You were married for, for 30 years. What was that like for both you and your wife in that relationship? It, it, was, it, was, it was quite good. Like, uh, at this stage now, she is still my best friend. So, like, we're, we still get on tremendously well. We still have a lot of similar interests. Uh, and we have a lot of similar friends. And, like, I'm regularly down to her place to help her with things and she comes up here to me and we're like we are the best of friends you know so like we had a good relationship other than the sexuality part of it and did she did she notice that I mean what was her reaction when you came out to her you sound like you have a really loving supportive relationship but what was it like for her do you think hearing that her husband was was gay it was it was very difficult you know, like, I mean, she had suspected that I was bisexual because she copped who I had a crush on. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, like, she was quite shocked and very upset that it was, um, that I was gay. And basically, it felt like an insult to her sexuality and her mm-hmm. as a being, you know. So, like, there was an awful lot of very hard and heartfelt conversations between us that went on on and off over years uh, discussing how both of us felt. And you only came out in your in your 60s um, in the last couple of years. Yep. Do you feel like in any way that you've, you know, lost a big part of your life or you could have been, you know, living openly and, and dating the men you want to date? Do you feel any loss there? Well, no, I, I, at this stage, I just appreciate, like, I, I had a great relationship with my, my wife, and, that, and I wouldn't give that up. But uh, at this stage now, I'm just so glad to be me without a filter, you know, to, to be just totally me. 
and not have to hide any part of myself. And like even though lockdown, I was in a new village and separated from a lot of my friends by the social distancing and the, the lockdown rules, I wasn't as lonely not seeing anybody from one end of the week to the other as I was when I was in the closet and among friends. And talk to me what that was like. You say it was incredibly lonely, you know, to be standing in the room talking about women, pretending that you're interested in women. What was that like for you? It It is... It is di- it is difficult, like you know, it's like you're just trying to be your ordinary self, but you are because you can't be yourself. It's a lot more difficult, you know. It's uh, you know, like a lot of people say you can be alone, you can be alone and in a crowd because you're not communicating who you are to your friends and family. And now that you've you've come out, you spent the majority of your, your out life in lockdown, I understand. So what's that been like? And, and what's the first thing you're going to do when this all ends? Um, oh, I think uh, I'm definitely just going to join up some of the, uh, the gay social groups. Because like there's a, a hill walking group and there's an older and bolder group, you know, which is quite... Uh, which it's it's a nice way of meeting people that have a similar interests to myself. Like you, know, like we would have similar interests, and also happen to be gay. And what would your advice to other people in your situation be? Other people who who've come out later in life. Uh, look, there is never like a lot of people think it's too late for me to come out. Uh, well, I would say it's. The only time it's too late to do anything is just after your last breath, you know, and that applies to everything in life, not just coming out. Uh, Tom, that is some lovely advice. Okay, thanks for that, Tom. Thanks for sharing your story today. I really appreciate it. Tom is taking part in the Coming Out with Dublin bus campaign. Tom, thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Has your fuse box gone haywire? Is your water pressure too weak? Or maybe your boiler needs an upgrade. They don't last forever, you know. Well, the good news is that there's a local hero in Dublin for that. So if you're locked out on a Thursday and need a locksmith, take the hassle out of it with localheroes.ie. Our online service connects you with trusted tradespeople in your area and all work comes with a 12-month guarantee backed by Borgosh Energy. Try it out while listening to your podcast. You could get a quote in minutes at localheroes.ie. TNCs apply. Visit localheroes.ie for full details.